Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. All right. All right, here we are. Fresh system, fresh uh, everything, refreshed browser stuff. Caches have been erased. Memory has been wiped. I don't know if that helps. (laughs) But uh, hard drives have been defragged. I'm kidding. That's just an... This is a callback to the 90s. Um, but here we are. It's the Health Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more. Johnny Million live on the air, streaming yeah, at InfoTimeWars.com, uh, streaming at Twitch.tv slash Um Sparks. Um, and uh, so much to cover. So, 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 so much to cover. Not the least of which is that the, uh, the, the war between Trump and DeSantis that I told you would kneecap both of them uh, had a... W- had a I don't know if it like a an addendum a sidetrack and an extra weight added to I don't know how to quite describe Nikki Haley's throwing her uh, her bonnet uh, in the ring amazing. in this particular situation. I also want to make sure that we talk about the um, the texts and private messages that came out during oh, the, yes. um, oh, the discovery. Boy. Yeah, but, you know they're very. And by the way, for those that don't know, um, a uh, in the Dominion lawsuit, a big chunk of the of the of the lawsuit itself, the kind of their evidentiary filing about all the evidence, all the stuff they got in discovery, minus a few redacted pieces, came out this week. And it's a couple of hundred pages. I think it's one hundred ninety two pages long. I only got to about 80 pages of it. Um, and I have to tell you, first of all, the Dominion lawyers uh, have a future in uh, in, I don't know novellas uh crime drama uh you know pulp yeah. fiction books uh perhaps they could have their own netflix series at some point because the way this thing is set up is set up like it's it's not set up like hey judge here's the categories read these then you'll get our gist it's it tells a story yeah i mean they're really crafting their their narrative very very well and it it starts out with some Super potty language. It's so it's funny. It's amazing. Like, yes, it is. We'll get to that in in just a moment. But I first want to address the uh, the Ohio train wreck. Now, um, <sighs> Norfolk Southern, and uh, we're you know we're finding out day day after day that Norfolk Southern was a, a like gave money to Dewine's campaign, and so he felt like he should give them a little bit of deference when their their trains went off the tracks, and. Um, he listened to their engineers before he listened to the EPA and the NTSB who were there and said controlled explosion. And they started at that before he declared a federal, you know, any needed any federal help or any of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of sketchy stuff between him and the train company, perhaps. And and Oof. quite frankly, the the need for uh, this will jumpstart Obama's press back in the day to get a, a better braking system on these trains for especially if they're carrying toxic waste or toxic chemicals. Regulation, smegulation. The environment's right. going to be fine. This will all sort itself out by the by the, the market will sort this out. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. The market of, like dead, uh, of dead animals at the bottom yeah. of a creek. 
Right, or or East Palestinian residents. Palestine yeah. residents? Palestinians. I'm going to call them Palestinians. Palestinians. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's, I guess, technically. Um, yeah. The, the, here's the thing. Um, I blame Ronald Reagan. Oh, me and too, I'll, for everything. Uh, well, yeah, just about. I mean, obviously, that came along right at a time when you and I were just blooming into, we didn't get to vote in either Reagan election. No, and I thought it was cool. I had no idea. I was I was ten. He won me over. Right. I um I I was not a fan because I think I was from because I was from the South. I liked Jimmy Carter as a as a man, and I was in my oh, you know, I definitely wanted Jimmy Carter to win. Yeah, I, I was in my quite uh, devout Christian uh, years. Nice. And, um, yeah, and so he was a you know he was a a fine Christian gentleman who was honest about his own shortcomings, which was a big deal back in the day. That was something. Yeah. That's what that's what preachers in pulpits when they did bring up politics used to bring up. Pre Reagan, they kind of used to go, yeah, he's a good man, and you know nobody's perfect, and he recognizes that in the eyes of Jesus or the Lord or whatever, he he has to ask for forgiveness, and we all do, and you know he's doing his best, and he's an honorable, ethical human being. Like that's what they used to care about. And then I don't know what like Reagan flipped. No, the switch it's, it's cool heads. to be a jerk. Boy, I must yeah. said something different. Yeah, I know. But the phrase that Reagan gets uh, that you know the the big Reagan quote, which I think second only to uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. You know, I know the one you're um, going to say is yes. Is I think you all know that I've felt that the nine most terrifying words in the English language are. I'm from the government, and I'm here and to help. I'm here now, to help. Okay. Uh, first of all, if you added U.S. to the front of government there, it's something that a foreign enemy would say during the 80s. It's something yeah. the Russians would say, you know, at the height of the USSR Cold War stuff that he went on. So just dragging your own government for the sake of dragging it, which is what he was doing. By the way, while you're running to head the damn thing. Yeah. You know, like literally, the the argument as best I could factor it when I was whatever ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen during the Reagan years was that he this guy is running to head an organization that he thinks is dangerously inept, and he's going to yeah. keep it that way. The yeah. best he's the most he was promising was, if you get into trouble, we'll just leave you alone to deal with it. Because I, I don't yeah. know what the other slice of that argument is but that is the seed by which most you know executive level uh republicans operate now they operate on this idea you know obviously all republicans these days run on the idea that the government can't do anything right elect me and i'll prove it yeah uh but but they do it from a position of that if there was ever a mission statement for the Republican Party, it's that Reagan quote. And so the idea is either keep the federal government out of any kind of, you know, help or support, either because they, you know, they create this artificial idea that it will heal itself, like Katrina or whatever, just let it hang, it'll work its way out. Or after an earthquake or after a flood or a tornado, eh, it's Kansas's problem, right? Right. Honestly, or they just don't want funding to go 
to states that aren't theirs. So in the case of, uh, you know, with I think Rand Paul being the rare exception that he doesn't seem to want anybody to get disaster relief. No. People in Florida don't want, you know, didn't want New Jersey and New York to get help after Sandy. But, you know, Republicans in New York and New Jersey didn't want Florida to get help after umpteen hurricanes whenever they happen. The point is, if you have a giant functioning society, which I think is the goal of, of any, you know, first world nation, if that's the standard. Says you. you. Yes, right. Well, at some point, um, there are going to be things that are outside the realm, the uh, outside the control or the responsibility of your local or your state government simply because of the funds available and the manpower and the, you know, and you're either going to have to ask other states for help or ask all of the other states for help. Now, after a few of these things, after a few hurricanes, your neighboring states are going to have it up to here with you. So this is one of the reasons why FEMA and these programs were created in the first place is because Florida and the Panhandle and and uh, Texas on the Gulf and South Carolina and 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 sometimes even the the Northeast Coast would get hit by storms so often that the neighboring states that were inland that didn't have to deal with it were kind of sick and tired of sending their National Guard and their people over to solve the next states over problem be- while the rest of the time they still have to pay for gas when they goes to visit the beach there so there there was no. Um, you know, it it wore out its welcome, as it were. So we have a nationwide pool that we all contribute to because we don't want eight failed states around the entire country, right? Quite describing society. <laughs> well, and 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 in this particular case, the irony is it actually, over time, has helped the states that don't have recurring problems that have surprise disasters not the not the hurricane states or the tornado lanes or even the earthquake states but the ones that have environmental disasters caused by corporate corruption accidents a combination of the two as it seems in ohio right now so the idea like that phrase as proudly as republicans say this all the time that i mean it it's it, it's like a they can rattle it off like they can the Second Amendment. The, well, I mean, that's not fair because they always leave out the first part of the Second Amendment about the whole militia and well-regulated part. Yeah, well-regulated does not they usually make well the regulated, cut. Yeah. They kind of drive it. They actually can uh, – then, then I think it's uh, clear. They can actually cite Reagan's words about you know the, the nine uh, most terrifying words in the English language. They can cite that better than they can cite the Second Amendment. Yeah. And I would – ask any of them i wish somebody every time this happens in a red state in in a state like ohio right now that just elected jd vance who by the way doesn't know whether fema is working with the state or not has no idea is in washington has every access point you could possibly want can literally call up the president's office and go hey on behalf of my state this is an emergency uh the governor and i have talked blah 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 he could they he can do that as a senator from the state. This isn't just a congressional local dude. This is, you know, this is a, a statewide office. Has no idea what's going on. Has He genuinely has no idea, it seems, according to his Twitter feed, and couldn't care less either. But I would, when these people stand up, like DeWine, 
Ted He looks super healthy, though. Rant, Rant Paul, any of these folks. I would... Can someone please, a reporter, go... Uh, it, it, recite these words, go, uh, famously Reagan is the titular head of the Re- Republican Party in many ways, said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Is that why you're not asking for federal aid? Yeah. Because it will make them have to, I think, stand and deliver. At some point, either stop saying that or recognize that by saying that, the responsibility as a governor or a senator or a local politician is either on you totally, because we don't need the big government to do it, or it's not the government's problem. Go out and tell the constituents that elected you to office they're on their own. Because that's what that statement means, yep. and, that's, and, and ha- what it leads to is mass deregulation. The, the elimination of key support structures for the entire country, which, by the way, help the economy and every other human, even if you don't care about human lives, which they don't seem to sometimes, um, that it, it, it helps. A bunch of dead fish is in, in the, and, a, and a dying river will not help business long term. I'm just saying investment wise. I'm, of course, this is an investment advice. Uh, talk to your to your person at, I don't know, talk to tech support at E-Trade. I don't know, whoever. We'll be back don't right after it. this. I won't. It's the House Parks Radio program, mega worldwide. Um, so I after this, Fox News uh, apparently two faced. I know. What? Shocking. 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 Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Well, um, I'm typing to spite all of you. You're t- yeah, Johnny Million is just being a typing maniac. Uh, I think he's just on chat GPT trying to – he's just like quick asking and stuff like, what's something smart I can say about uh, – <laughs> I was going to sign up for that and, until it asked for my phone number. I was like, I don't know. I'm good. Um, you, don't have a, you don't have a dummy phone number you give to things like that? Oh, I guess I do. I've got an old Google number. Yeah, use that. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I that's what I use that for. I have like this one of those like Google Chat numbers where it gives you an actual written number. Yeah, yeah. And I just bury it there. Occasionally, it'll ask for two factor identification or send you a code there, so you have to be able to access it. Otherwise, you just make one up. But uh, um, speaking of two factor uh, uh, authentication, did you see that uh, Elon Musk is taking two factor authentication off unless you're subscribed to Twitter. Oh, so, nice. And, yeah, so that uh, it's uh, every account that isn't subscribed is totally unsecure and can be, uh, I guess, hacked and stolen or whatever. Also, by the way, I don't know if this should—I don't know if this should factor into people's thinking. It was immediately my uh, thought was that without that two-factor authentication, oh, it's Bot City. One of the things he was saying is like, I'm going to get into Twitter and get rid of all these bots, right? And it's going to—that's <laughs> bots are the the problem. Meanwhile, the place is flooded with Elon bots and uh, and Tesla bots who are pumping the stock. 
and and Russia bots, and you know it's hilarious. And they're all you can tell because sometimes try this. Sometimes if you you see somebody say something that sounds kind of familiar in your feed or something that's really kind of rubber stampy, copy that text and do a search for it on Twitter. Oh yeah, see what happens because. You'll see 65 tweets come up in a second that are all saying the exact same thing verbatim. That's what, that's a bot. That's how, by the way, Bot Sentinel and some of these other sites, that's the quick and dirty version of how they operate is that they just kind of scan. It'll go to that, that whoever that account is, look at their top five tweets or whatever that's in there, the most recent ones, scan the, the language in them and see if it repeats anywhere else. And and really quick, they can tell if somebody is, you know, if it's just cut and paste, which is a human bot. That's a that's one of these Macedonian hacker farms, these Lithuanian dudes who are, you know, working. You can on, really you know, hear them typing. Yes, you definitely can. And then there's the automatic bots that come out of uh, Iran, India, North Korea, Russia, China, you know, um, I don't know, El Paso. We'll see. But anyways, where were we? OK, so. Uh, the Dominion so Fox lawsuit. Fox is two-faced. Yeah, right. Fox is uh, completely two-faced. And um, it's, it comes as no sh- shock to anybody that uh, that understands that fair and balanced is a trademark, which means legally it does not have to be true. Coke is not life. Uh, you do not deserve a break today. And <laughs> Fox is not fair and balanced. These are all... The, and they do not all, do it all for you. Yes, th- that's right. They don't. Absolutely. You got to do some stuff for yourself. Ew. Um, but, uh, just some things are just your, your own little, your, they're your big business. So, um, the, the fascinating thing about the conversations between Fox news hosts behind the scenes and the outward, uh, conversation they were having with their own viewers, which by the way, is largely the reason why, uh, Jan six happened, obviously OAN and Newsmax and QAnon threads helped. But Fox itself, you know, is the primary driver. It's the one that I, I think it, in many ways it, it where the rest of these crazies lay like a foundation of this lunacy. Fox serves as the anchor. It serves as the or, or maybe even the capstone. Yeah, it's like, like the oh. touchstone of it all. Yes, if Fox is carrying it, it's now legit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's now one a legit thing conspiracy. That's right. It's uh, it's one thing to, for it to be humming around the internet, but the minute a Fox News host says, uh, you know, gets behind it, and Tucker is all in on that stuff right now. I mean, he is he is almost single handedly holding down the Ukraine hate stuff. We will be talking about that with Philip Itner in the next hour, amongst other things. Fascinating stuff happening in Ukraine right now. Um, but uh, so behind, the, I I can't even quote some of the stuff. That the Fox News hosts no. were saying, and their and their executive producers were talking, you know, when they were talking about Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and basically yep. feeling like they had to have them on. We now know that, by the way, Trump tried to call in on Jan 6th and they wouldn't let him because uh, apparently he was, I, I, guess, I don't know what the timing was, but they were concerned it was before he did his, you know, three hours in message about like, go home, we love you. You're very special. See you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> it was more, you know, they were worried that he would go, get him. Go get him. I'll be right there. I'm right behind you, munch, munch. Judge. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Take him. So it's from the Daily Beast coverage of it. Behind the scenes of the shows where they were amplifying baseless claims that the 2020 presidential election was rigged, the star hosts, producers, and executives of Fox News were furiously messaging each other. They reacted in frustration and bewilderment to their own broadcast, calling the conspiracy theorists to which they were crediting airtime effing lunatics, totally off the rails, and in all caps, mind-blowingly nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At the start of the explosive brief unsealed Thursday evening as part of Dominion's voting system's $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against the New York argues Fox knew. From the top down, Fox knew the Dominion stuff was total BS. That's in quotes because that's actually true from there. The filing continues, yet despite knowing the truth or at a minimum recklessly disregarding the truth, Fox spread and endorsed these outlandish voter fraud claims about Dominion, even as it internally recognized the lies as, quote, crazy, absurd, and shockingly reckless. Yeah. The partially redacted 192-page filing is stuffed with text, emails, and testimony from marquee names like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, uh, lashing out at key Trump world figures and insulting them in bitter terms. Sidney Powell, an unguided missile, dangerous as hell, and poison, according to Tucker Carlson. Mike Lindell, on the crazy train with no brakes, as Gary Schreier, senior vice president of programming at Fox Business, phrased it. Rudy Giuliani, so full of S, a Lou Dobbs Tonight producer snapped. The concerns wormed their way up the top of the food chain. According to the filing on November 19, Rupert, uh, Rupert Murdoch, Fox's powerful chairman, watched as his networks broadcast the entirety of the press conference he, uh, held by Rudy Giuliani and Powell, the one at... Um, uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Remember that? Uh, that seems impossibly... Uh, like, I, that. that's so silly and hilarious. It It seems like it would stand out forever. Yeah. Just always... Uh, you know, it'd be like a cultural touchstone that always that people are always referencing. Um, and but yet, it's just, it's just so kind of faded into... Yeah, I guess yeah. that happened too. It's... Insane. It's yeah, still crazy. It's still the dumbest, silliest, most absurd. The second person that Rudy Julie brought up as a witness was a perennial um, Republican candidate in New Jersey, who, uh, insofar, uh, yeah, I think it was New Jersey, who was convicted of exposing himself to a seven-year-old and an eleven-year-old. Not, not one of nine people standing in the back. Not somebody in the crowd looking sketchy and, you know, looking on at the whole thing that just always shows up because he's a huge Giuliani fan. He was the he was the second person to speak at the podium. Rudy called him up like, oh, God. Okay, so anyways, obviously, um, I don't even know if uh, Murdoch knew that at the time. But he called it really crazy stuff and damaging (laughs) Um, the message. brand. uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Um, the messages show that Murdoch also at one point asked Fox CEO Suzanne Scott if it was, quote, unarguable that high profile Fox voices fed the story that the election was stolen and that January 6th was an important chance to have re- uh, had the results overturned. Yes. Yeah. That that was Maria Bartiromo's gig every Sunday morning. Maria Bartiromo is almost singularly the reason why Dominion has a rock-solid case against Fox News. That would be really bad if you were. 
Yeah, yeah, well, it, I don't know. I don't. They're not. They might be going after her individually a little bit, but they seem to be going after the bigger organization. So she singularly, she might still get paid. She might have some sort of contract that if the network collapses, she's guaranteed to get paid before bankruptcy takes the funds or that kind of stuff. That's that's entirely possible at that scale. Yeah. But she'll get paid and get a golden parachute out of this. <clears throat> Obviously, she'll never work again, but she won't have to. But and, and Fox will take all of it, which, by the way, that's what you get. So anyways, network executives responded to this query with 50 examples proving as much the brief states on November 7th. New York Post, uh, another Murdoch family paper, uh, published an editorial begging Trump to, quote, stop the stolen election rhetoric and help yank Giuliani off TV. Scott, according to the filing, ensured that the editorial, quote, received wide distribution inside the company. That was the same day Fox called the election for President Joe Biden. Less than 24 hours later, Murdoch told Scott, getting creamed by CNN. Guess our viewers don't want to watch it, meaning their viewers did not want to see that Biden had won. The minute they called it, everybody switched to Newsmax. Remember that? There was like a oh, two-week yeah. period where Newsmax Enough was reality taking all their for business. one day. Yeah, sorry. I, ra- I railed right over the break. we got to take a break. We'll be back oh. right after this. It's the House Parts Radio program, Mega Worldwide. There's just so much to cover. There's so much to cover. We'll be back right after this. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on... Uh, garage band starts sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. It is. Welcome back. Uh, Johnny and I were talking during the break uh, when I was reading on the live stream what uh, things I cannot say from this Dominion lawsuit on broadcast air because they use a lot of uh, naughty words. And um, one of the big ones was uh, Tucker Carlson, in an exchange with Laura Ingram in these texts, says, uh, Sydney Powell is lying, by the way. I caught her. It's insane. And then uh, Ingram replied, Sydney is a complete nut. No one will work with her. Ditto with Rudy. Um, Carlson had confronted Powell directly the day before the brief says, you keep telling our viewers that millions of votes were changed by the software. I hope you'll prove that very soon. You're convinced that you've convinced them that Trump will win. If you don't have conclusive evidence of fraud at that scale, it's a cruel and reckless thing to keep saying. Um, so it, it which seemed like a moment of sanity from Tucker Carlson. But what it really was is it, when it, in that line where he's saying Sidney Powell's lying, by the way, I caught her. It's insane is because he had been promised personally by her that she was going to drop evidence on his show. And she uh. didn't. He didn't care if she lied to the public. He was mad because she lied to him. Mm hmm. I mean, if, if you think he's worried about people coming on his show and lying to the public, have you seen his interviews with yeah. with uh, Jimmy Dore and with Matt Gates? For Christ's sake! All right. Anyways, this is uh, this was an ongoing thing, obviously. And at the same time, in that report was uh, on the afternoon of January sixth, after the Capitol came under attack. Trump dialed into Lou Dobbs's show attempting to get on the air. 
Um, but Fox executives vetoed that decision. Why? Not because of a lack of newsworthiness. January 6th was an important event by any measure. President Trump not only was the sitting president, he was a key figure that day. The network rebuffed Trump because it would be responsible to put him, uh, sorry, it would be irresponsible to put him on the air and could impact a lot of people in a negative way, according to Fox Business Network President Lauren Pedersen, whose testimony was cited by Dominion in the new filing. Uh, this fact, Dominion argues, is evidence that Fox executives understand they had fanned the flames by pushing the fraud conspiracy. This was an awareness of guilt on their parts, and, and yeah. they didn't want to dig a deeper hole. Um, according to the, uh, the uh, this is, it, I mean, it's very telling that, A, they didn't trust having him on. They were tired of having him on at that point anyways. He had lost. It was time to move on. They were already, Murdoch and his world, for uh, even before January 6th, were like, okay, he's not happening again. We're not going to back him again. Um, so who's next? They were already staring at DeSantis and Kasich and whoever else had made a run of it last time and were a possibility. And they weren't going to allow this going forward to, you know, um, you know, to interrupt their plan for world domination. But in the meantime, I just heard that um, Facebook isn't live. Oh, no. Oh, dear. I wonder why. I will. I'll see if I can remedy that. Um, I mean, uh, like. Is it is it too much that everything does everything have to work? Hold on, let's see if this. I'll, I'll do the old turn it off and turn it back on. I like that. Uh, there we go. Hopefully, it kicks stuff back in. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Uh, possibly. Let me know in the chat room. I'm sorry. I was. So, I was so. Quite frankly, I was so chuffed. Uh, to use a British term, that we were on and smooth. And Quality-wise, you look fantastic, Johnny. Man. Uh, can I just say on the I just it I can see you clearly. It's a beautiful thing. Um, also, by the way, if you're you always uh, look good, I, I'm so uh, tired of telling you. Oh, that's very sweet. Don't make me take my shirt off. Um, <sighs> so I know. Um, I don't so know what to say to that, uh, nobody does. Um, so, uh, I'll tell you my secret after the show. So, um, anyways, the Fox was aware that they had caused a lot of this stuff. And in the background, they were like, oh dear. At some point, at some point they were, uh, I don't, I don't know why, um, they were under the, some impression that, uh, the only ill that would come out of this was, People killing people on January 6th. They were like, if, you know, Phew. they were hearing let's all the rumblings. Yeah, right. Let's let's hope the least, you know, eh, if it's a little bit of, yeah, what are they really going to do? They run up the steps and, you know, stab a couple of cops with flagpoles that have been sharpened or, you know, uh, build a gallows and tase people and break, you know, chip cops spines, make them lose an eye, all that kind of stuff. And um, what they didn't, what didn't occur to them. I guess early on, right after uh, the election, was that it might cost them money. Oh, and that, that's when they pay attention, huh? That's that's when they started to, you know, yeah, set up and take notice in this particular instance. And uh, they, again, they didn't care if it was if uh, it was a ratings issue for them. You know, perhaps you know they needed the eyeballs, but the lawsuit possibility. Didn't seem to occur to them. They just 
figured they could slander this company, which, by the way, was like rare and thinly spread out through this country. Like the number of Dominion machines, even if every Dominion machine in the country was completely hacked and flipped votes and did everything they say, it's still there weren't enough of them operating in the country to shift the election. So even if it, it was, even if every single Dominion machine did the exact opposite of what it was supposed to do, it still would not have na- uh, affected the national outcome. Not at all. Not at all. It largely like the the only thing I think it could have possibly had an impact on were some primaries. But none of them were arguing about the primaries. None of them were saying our person didn't get in in the primaries. You know why? Because they did. The the, the right. hyper right wingers that they were running, what they didn't believe was that I can't understand why my uh, MAGA candidate didn't win the general. They won the primary. Yes, they won that primary. And they were unpopular broadly. They just won, they won for your party out of several lunatics that you were running. And... They won on the same machines you're saying cheated them out of the general. Yeah, you cannot have this both ways. Some Republicans Ugh. won. Wouldn't it be all of them? Or is, are, are they giving us too much credit saying, well, like, oh, they would know to let some people win? Yeah, you're kind of on to something, though. Johnny Million, you are on to something there because part of this is the whole rhino thing. The pushback that you're seeing where there's this weird situation oh, yeah. where they managed to win the, you know, the, the, the more centrist Republican managed to win against. They were like, I don't get it. We love Trump. Nobody else in your county does. They just won't tell you because you're a lunatic and your yard is covered in horrifying signs of, you know, of Trump with his shirt off and Rocky's body. So they're not bringing it up to you. The reason you think everybody in your county loves Trump is because the only people who will talk to you are people who love Trump, which is basically you and your reflection. And everybody else in the county is like, that's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, just steer clear. If he asks, if he starts on politics, we'll all talk sports. Got it? Okay, cool. And then they get shocked when they lo- their person loses the general. Yeah. And and so the, the mystery, what, what you kind of hit on there was their other, how do you solve that that obvious problem with the logic, which is if you're a, a if you're a normal human being, because you would go, Taylor well, perhaps, one. right? Perhaps I am in a uh, bit of a bubble. Perhaps I was I'm smoking my own stash, for, you know, my own my own supply. And so, at what point do I have to recognize that I was wrong? Well, that can never happen. Now, that clearly, like what happened was is that. I'm right, and the world is fixed against me. And that's a that's an enormous act of ego. And there's plenty of that going around in you know in the spread of politics. But in the magic world, it, it is narcissistic. Absolutely, it's uh, it. If only Narcan could uh, do something about it. You could walk up to somebody who's just <laughs> Jab completely that pulled themselves ego psycho's like leg. A, give him a shot of humility, right in the right in the tuchus. If only, if only, right. I, people would try to do it with me all the time. I'd be like dodging. Um, get back, back. Hey, I um, like my ego. Yeah, right. Humility kills in my business. It's a way to ruin your your career. Um, so yeah, you know what? I should just. I don't know. Stop. Rodney Dangerfield. It kind of worked for. <laughs> kind of worked for him. I, I don't. I don't know. I think that was reverse psychology. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I think in many ways, if you ask comics, he's one of the most respected comics out there. 
that ever existed. Um, just for the, you know, just saying, might have been an act. Might have been, you know, because did you see the women he was paired with in the movies that he did? Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't think he bought it. Um, anyways, we got, we have to take another break and I don't want to blow what? through this uh, next one. Yeah, yeah. We're blazing right away. And I, um, I, I have a, uh, I want to talk, uh, I, I guess the, the, the sanctimonious, the um, meatball, really? Meatball. We're going with meatball. Is that how we're doing it? We're just going Johnny Million? What's happening, Meatball? What? Oh, t- you'll see after we come back. Yep. All right. We're going with Meatball. Yep. Yeah, that's where we're going. That's the big, that's, that's the Housewife okay. Radio Program. Mega Worldwide. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio. Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Ah, uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCBT 820. Hoo-yah! Welcome back to the show. So, uh, meat, we're going meatball. Meatball. We're going with meatball. All right. This is the uh, Johnny didn't know what this was about, so I think I'll I'll clue him in. And some of you might know, but maybe maybe you don't. Um, I will never call Ron DeSanctimonious Meatball Ron, as the fake news is insisting I will. Even though Fox News killing lightweight, <laughs> you're reading Paul Ryan, that. Yes, even though Fox News killing lightweight Paul Ryan is revered by him, low energy Jeb Bush is his hero and always at his side. His beaches and state were closed for long periods of time. His testing, testing, testing for the China virus didn't work out too well. And his loyalty skills are really weak. It would be totally inappropriate to use the word meatball as a moniker for Ron. That's, so that's, that's his version of reverse psychology. Right. So uh, this, mm-hmm. I, uh, Trump does this a lot. He did it with MAGA. MAGA was not his idea. Other people floated it. He came up with CAG, Keep America Great, if you'll recall. Really? Because he was like, if I keep it, yeah, if I call it Make America Great Again, it presumes that we didn't, that I ran on that and it didn't happen. And I told everybody it would be done very quickly and you could do it so easily. And I have all the best words and I know all the best people and we can make all the best deals because I'll bring in the smart people and we have stupid people and I know the smart people and I'll bring them in and they'll make the deals for us and it'll be fabulous. Remember that? And then two weeks and two weeks and two weeks and two weeks and two weeks. And so – um, he, when he was running again, he was, he floated for a good long while. I, we saw it when I did his, uh, rallies on my live stream, him trying to get CAG off the ground. They made hats, like a short run of them. And it just, it just ate crap. It just failed yeah. miserably because it's stupid. And it sounds like my cat when she's gagging, Gag. like it's like, it's just, all right. So anyways, he reverted back to MAGA and started talking up MAGA again. Remember, he was like, you know, you can't do better than MAGA. It's so good. It's make America. It stands for make America great again. They don't understand. It's so good. I Yes, I uh, chat room, you are correct. Uh, I call it Magoo, which is uh, make America great over and over. Like he'll just he'll make it great and then ruin it and then make it great and then ruin it. And then make it. It's just it's just like a it's just cat and mouse with greatness uh, when it comes to Trump. Uh, TV woman. Uh, camera. What were the like? Remember his um, 
Cognitive oh, test. Person, woman, man, woman, camera, TV. <laughs> yeah. That's all I hear when I see him speaking. Yeah. It's like, and, and you know, uh, they said that if you get him in order, you get extra points. Points, well, right. <laughs> you get extra points. You do. You do. And, and you can use those points. You can go shopping at yeah, our little knickknack counter and yeah, get like yeah, a little spider a little. Cr- creepy crawly ring. That's right. You could get an eraser shaped like the space shuttle that goes on the end of your pencil. That from a distance looks really untoward. You're like, it's a space shuttle. Why am I getting kicked out of class? Don't ask me how I know that. Um, never use your space shuttle eraser and use the uh, the fins on the side to erase things first. Uh, don't do it. Just no. don't do it. And don't, yeah, don't chew the tip because it just creates. Uh, all right, never mind. Anyway, so right. um, this is. Him basically saying that he floated, he's tried this Ron DeSanctimonious thing, which I don't get because they're all sanctimonious in their false religiosity and their, I don't know, I guess their idea that somehow that they they know how to run things way better than everyone else. And, it's you know, they're they're all that way. Like, I don't even know why that's a slight. Is it in Trump world? That's a that's a compliment yeah and then there's that whole thing about like you hate and others what you don't like in yourself right and and you know that like trump getting out of the shower caught a glimpse of himself and all he could think was i look like a meatball meatball. i look like a giant like one of those refrigerated a frozen meatball in a bag like they have in the in the in the in the in, in uh, Mar-a-Lago in the kitchen when he sometimes walks through there to avoid Melania. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, come on, you know, you know, is, you is know. It, is the coast clear? Yeah, yeah. And then, by the way, uh, to uh, to the Make America Greater thing, this is his, po- his post. He posts like a a chunk of these things at once. He's basically. This is how I think the campaign is working right now, if it's working at all, is that Trump golfs a lot and eats a lot and lounges around complaining a lot. And then his staff, who's responsible for making it look like he's running for office because he'll get in trouble and get sued by donors and in trouble with the, you know, the FEC after at the end of this, if he doesn't put on some kind of a campaign, it's got to do something. You got to keep doing it. So they got him on a schedule. So they corner him and they go, here, we need five. Just quote, just talk. And we'll make out of whatever you say, five right. tweets, you know, truths or whatever about the campaign. And then we'll shoot two videos where you're standing in front of the same spot telling some sort of like, we should have shot the balloon down earlier, but we should also not shoot it down and take the the stuff that it's attached to it and look at it and reverse de-engineer it so that we can get spy stuff from China. Like that's, he said both of those things in the same video. He's, he's a moron. This is over. He's not going to be president. Calm down everyone. But this is, this is what he wrote. Same time he wrote the, the meatball thing. Mm-hmm. He wrote, uh, just took a very big lead in the polls. People want to make America great again in all caps and fast 
Right now, we are a nation in decline. Donald J. Trump, 50 percent. Ron DeSanctimonious, 24 percent. Mike Pence, 9 percent. Nikki Haley, 7 percent, which is amazing, by the way, that Nikki Haley jumped to 7 percent that quickly. That Ted Cruz is at 4 percent. Head to head, Donald Trump, 61 percent. Thank Ted you. Ted Cruz is threatening. He, uh, they, he's always in the list. Just perpetual. Yeah, yeah. He's a he. It's him and and uh, Google Santorum. Uh, Biden and FEMA said they would not be sending federal aid to East Palestine. This is the other thing he put up. As soon as I announced that I'm going, he announced a team will go. Hopefully, he will also be there. This is good news because we got them to move. The people of East Palestine need help. I'll see you on Wednesday. Okay. By the way, that was De- Dewine finally asked for federal help. FEMA had been, if you'll recall, Dewine. He even admitted that, that Biden called, and he, he was just like, yep, yep, thanks. I'll let you know if we need anything. Yep, and then he didn't call him back afterwards. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's it. So, and by the way, please, Trump, drink the water just to prove that DeWine is telling the truth. Like, have a big oh, glass of water. Oh, just like the water. Simpsons thing. Right. When he ate um, Blinky, the three-eyed fish from the, the Toxic Waste River. Remember right. Blinky? <laughs> yes. Jeez. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, Trump, I guess Trump's got to eat. He's got to go eat at a local restaurant. He's 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 because, yeah, there's a danger that this idiot might go into campaign mode and not recognize that there's toxicity going on there. And by the way, dioxin's probably disgusted by Trump. I mean, I think it's probably dioxin poisoning is probably the one thing that um, fifth stage syphilis can can stave off. Um, So uh, the. This is the, like I mean this this is a stunt and it's fine and whatever and and the, like I would I look forward to someone to him coming there and someone asking him like I said at the beginning of the, the hour Reagan famously said that the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help um, do you still subscribe to those words yeah. or do you think the government should have helped sooner? Are you saying that for points with a group of people while at the same time knowing that if you follow through on it, people would die needlessly? And if you say it in order, you get extra points. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Reagan, Nancy, <laughs> say no to drugs, TV. <laughs> and if you say it with a fried egg, you get extra points. Um <laughs> The, uh, we, we have to take a break. Joining us uh, after uh, the break will be our dear friend Philip Bittner, who's, who will be joining <gasps> that us. That guy. Yeah. Coroner, I'm so sick of that guy. That's my <laughs> um, Dr. Nick impression. That's it's two nice. Simpsons references in one show. I'm, I'll just, I'll be quiet. We're going to have to, we're going to have to shift gears and do a completely different cartoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said fish. <laughs> um, uh, Is that your Matt sure Gates impersonation? My lake will be yeah. Well, yeah, it's my Matt Gates impersonation. Uh, hello. <laughs> Want to get in the plane? <laughs> Come to Butthead. We'll be back right after this. Uh, it's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Video streaming at House Parks. 
Trouble.com. Well, I don't care for you if it's a putrid slug you're trowling out. Damn, us faithful, them sick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Welcome to the show, everybody. We have been blazing through. It feels like that hour went by in 10 seconds. And joining us right now from Ukraine is our dear friend Philip Itner, who's in Kiev right now. Johnny Million is in Chicago. I'm in Las Vegas. Tonight, I will be in Huntington Beach, California, doing a Nerd Halen show. Uh, at and tonight, Mata. I will be in Grand Rapids, Michigan, doing a convoy show. See, we're just rocking this country to pieces. Oh, wow. Where's your gig tonight? Philip, huh? Where's your yeah? Where's your pal? Yeah, just <laughs> just I want you to find a karaoke bar and sing with us in, in solidarity. Um, Please so, do Neil Diamond. No, yeah, that's right. Nobody yeah. wants that to happen. I oh. don't know. I think we I all think do right now. Actually, turn and karaoke on your is an art light. form. Let it shine wherever you go. <laughs> um, the song he wrote for E.T. the Extraterrestrial that they yeah. went mm, pass. It was supposed oh, to be the credit one? song. Heartlight. Oh. No, they Heartlight. I thought that it makes sense I, for They said pass? Yes. It's why did was, I that know that out. that was an ET song? He just said because it was, it was on a his radio own? hit at the same time he released it anyways. They were your it, like, it's gonna be the credit song. And they were like, meh, I don't know. That's a big hit. I agree. Turn on your hot light. Anyways, now it's stuck in my head. Thanks for the earworm, self. All right, uh, <laughs> Philip, bless that's you for being here. That's your karaoke song tonight, Philip. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you, um, there's a lot going on there. Um, I'm sure you'll uh, um, have some stuff on your end to talk to us about. But I do think one of the big changes this week was the U.S. <clears throat> officially stating that they believe the Russians committed uh, crimes against humanity in Ukraine. That's a big step it's a yeah. it, you know it seems like just language but there's legal weight behind it and it and it talks you know it it's it's part of the standard uh in terms of you know how they're going to um you know address this in the hague in the future or what have you you know when it comes to the what's her name uh, i've already forgotten her name uh, not Solodyov, but uh Simenyan. You know, to oh, her big worries. Margarita Simonian. Yeah, yeah. yeah Margarita's always uh, worried uh, that, you know, she's going to end up, you know, uh, hang uh, from the hangman's news. She brings it up repeatedly as almost as if she has, oh, what's that phrase? Awareness of guilt. Um, <laughs> you know, so. Um, well, that's a, and this also, it also comes on the heels of a report from the United States that uh, indicates that there is widespread theft of children. Yes. Uh, kidnapping and taking kids to something that apparently even the Russians are like openly admitting. So um, uh, even to the point of bragging about it. Right. As a matter of fact, I've, I've saved this child from the evil Ukrainians. What you've really right. done is you've abducted children from their parents. Yeah, it's kidnapping. And, um, it's called kidnapping. You know, yeah. It's kidnapping. Um, it, yeah, it's ethnic cleansing as well. Right. Well, the idea under, is that, un, I under guess the Under the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, under the definition of, of the UN uh, uh, ethnic cleansing, I guess it's UN ethnic cleansing charges. Uh, part of that is the abduction of children. So mm-hmm. this goes in line with what the vice president was saying: is that there's a growing indication that there's proof, uh, not just accusations, but proof that uh, Russians are creating uh, are committing war crimes. Right. Um, at, you know, obviously, we know about uh, Bucha and and the mass graves everywhere. Um, there was a uh, there's a report going around. It's a Ukrainian soldier who's near Bakhmut, who is essentially saying that 
They've got so many men, they're just throwing them after them that they don't even bother to clear their dead. And when and when the Ukrainians take land, it's just piles of corpses. It's, Jesus. I mean, it it is mm-hmm. positively dark ages, what's yeah. happening on the Russian side of, of the line. And, yeah. and, and it's even so more cynical proud. than that. Right. It's even more cynical than that. I, I spoke to a soldier uh, two nights ago. Um, and he he said that what they do is that uh, in his experience, what they do is they will throw the waves of conscripts, the guys the the less uh, trained or less experienced guys, mm-hmm. uh, to probe the lines and force yeah. the Ukrainians to slaughter these people. And then uh, and once they've done that, uh, and they've found where the hard positions are for the Ukrainian forces, then the army comes in. And, right. um, and and tries to concentrate fire on those on those positions. So it's basically you're just throwing a bunch of people for no reason other than go find out where it you know where the Ukrainians are. You know, go yeah, get shot like, at, go get killed, so that we know where the Ukrainians are, so that we can then send in our proper soldiers and um, and and really bring force to bear. It's deeply cynical it's it's disgusting it's it, it is a it is an indication of just how lack uh, how much of a lack of uh value uh, the russians put on human life even their own soldiers mm-hmm. so um the i just shared with you guys in the chat to see and i it's something i am not uh i'm reticent to post it's newsweek had this article out that the that the the Wagner Group escalated its feud with the government uh, of Russian um, of Russia by sharing a video of troops it says were killed in Ukraine due to a lack of support from the military establishment. The mercenary organization on Friday released a graphic right. video showing a large number of bodies laid out in a room after a Wagner Group fire, uh, fighter blames military functionaries led by because they're not getting ammo. That's that complaint video that's been going around, and then they arranged the dead bodies into a Z. And took like a drone picture or a rooftop picture down at them and posted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, yeah, I, I like that's that's yeah, it's that, awful. yeah. and I, I can't see how that doesn't come to a violent head at worst because Russia is fighting on two fronts right now. One might be smaller than the other. Obviously, the Ukrainian front is the biggest one, but they are also fighting on a front with the with the Wagner Group at in, in, intermittently. It's one thing to have an enemy yeah, all the time. Seen, yeah, we've seen Wagner uh, soldiers in quotation mark soldiers uh, mm-hmm. put out video begging the Russian mil- uh, Ministry of Defense uh, for ammunition uh, and. You know, no, no follow up on that. So we don't know if we ever got ever got them. But for ha- to have, you know, uh, these these contracted soldiers out on a front line position, not begging their own support lines, but begging the Ministry of Defense to provide them with weaponry, just shows how much they're in disarray, how much there's conflict between the various groups and the lack of support for the various groups and how they're working autonomously and not together, which is you know, military doctrine 101. You don't do that. You it's that's right. a, that's just wasting your 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 force. Um, but there was so a, um, um, yeah yeah. The, there was a guy. There's a guy uh, 
uh, Ingo, uh, Igor Mangushev. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, Mangushev or whatever. He's barely he's sounds made up at all. Yeah, his uh, he was he's a Russian propagandist and kind of one of these. Uh, um, I don't know. I guess he. He's a lot of these yeah, right. He uh, he says that he came up with the Z symbol. He's the one who says he came up with the Z symbol as their sign for this. Um, for the he was shot in the head, um, and, and like assassinated inside Russian-held territory. Um, and people think it was a warning to Prigozhin. That's the word that that I've heard. That that this is like the Russians' talent because he was siding with. Prigozhin more, and so they just snuffed their own dude. A guy who, by the way, did nothing but say, justified war, we have every right to be here, this is, you know, we're going to wipe out the Ukrainians, it's, you know, they're not a real identity, they're, you know, a Nazi, whatever, all of his stuff, this is really our land in the first place, we're, you know, all the stuff he's supposed to say, right. and the, and, and the the, I guess what people believe is that he was he was killed by uh, Russians specifically under orders to scare the crap out of Prigozhin, like that. <coughs> I, I don't, I, you know, beyond the loss of life that they're experiencing right now and the loss of gear they're experiencing right now, that is a very real thing. I don't know that I've ever heard anything like that about any other fighting force. Um. Since maybe the Nazis and or or even pre-Nazis in World War One in Germany, where they were like, you know, if you're insufficiently loyal, you'd get wiped out. But certainly not since. Well, the NKVD, the NKVD used to do that in in, in Stalin's Soviet army. We've heard of. I mean, it's famously when morale got very low in Vietnam, there are stories of U.S. soldiers. Um, there was even a phrase for it, fragging your commanding officer, chucking a right. grenade in somebody's, uh, you know, somebody goes to the, right. the, the, the toilet and you chuck it in the, in the uh, porta potty. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, when morale gets low, people start to, sna- you know, snipe at one another. Right. But I think aside from the Vietnam uh, example, you're right. It's kind of the Hitler, NKVD, Stalin forces where it's like we're so desperate for victory if you turn around. We're going to. I mean, there's the famous in the last week and a half. There was the awful video, uh, pursu- uh, uh, which purported to show uh, Wagner guys taking another um, a guy who tried to run away from the lines, taping his uh, duct taping his head to a pile of bricks, and then using a sledgehammer to murder yeah. him. Yeah. As an example to others, not to not yeah, to go the off second, the line. The second, yeah, so, second I mean, video we've seen the, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, um, they openly great. talk about yeah. their sledgehammer. The sledgehammer has now even become. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's fancy. Uh, let's take a break real quick, and when we come back, I want to talk about, um, uh, 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 you know, again the 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 unity that the U.S. is showing at the at the Munich conference compared to you know the the tanky conference that's happening in D.C. coming up, and then of course the um, the Marge Taylor Green crowd. That is, you know, is desperately trying to divert this stuff, which, uh, by the way, won't work. Don't stress during the break. We'll be back right after this. You're locked into the House Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. 
so uh, a lot has been made of the uh, alleged disunity of uh, you know NATO countries, the you know the U.S. and our allies that are about Ukraine. When in reality, uh, where it matters, the U.S. is is showing in, and our allies are showing incredible unity. As a matter of fact, uh, McConnell and Schumer both went to the Munich conference to show a bipartisan uh, support you know, a show of support for Ukraine. And and then Olaf Schultz said, came out, I guess, yesterday and said, get Ukraine tanks as fast as possible. Like with all the feet dragging, he had, there was some brand new renewed urgency all of a sudden. And off we went. So, uh, you know, Thoughts on that, uh, Philip Itner, if you could, too. Well, it's a little weird that Schultz would do that since he dragged his feet for so long um, and, and you know, kind of played games with the tanks for, for – well, I, that's too flippant. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he made it more difficult than it needed to be to get tanks here right. in the first place. So for him to suddenly say, you know, all the other guys who have these leopard tanks, which are German-built – uh, which they have end of use contracts on in the, in the, when they sell it to another European power, they say, you know, you still have to check with us before you deploy these. And so they really gummed up the works when it came to deploying mm-hmm. the leopards, which mm-hmm. is really going to be essential here. So it's a little bit, it's a, it's a bit rich for him to suddenly be saying, oh, we got to hurry on this. So, but be it, be, be it what it may, uh, you know, he's right. Let's get those tanks here. ASAP. And then McConnell and Schumer being here, uh, being in Munich um, uh, with the vice president. I mean, that's that's great. That's that's exactly what we want to see from the United States. We want to see solidarity. Um, But, you know, all all those who are kind of like knee jerk. Oh, we don't want to have anything to do with this. And mostly what we hear from the Yanks is we hear. We don't want to be involved in a European war. We don't want to be sending our money. Uh, it's 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 more than anything. We don't want to be giving our money to the to the Ukrainians, right. which is just so short sighted. It's incredible. Right. Um, yeah. We do hear from the Europeans, especially there's a, the Irish for some reason in the European Union have taken this right. position of like extreme pacifism. Right. And it's there's two there's two weird. particular it's, Irish uh, yeah, yeah two Irish um, I don't know they're technically it, parliamentarians or whatever yeah that yeah. Um, that that constantly go to the floor I don't know that it's even indicative of the rest of the parliament there but it, those two are every other day standing up and going for, you know force them to the table to negotiate end this war now which by the way is a one hundred percent pro Putin line that the only no by the way the push Russia wouldn't need to be pushed to the line to get what they want which is claiming the land they've already taken so that they can set up another attack that it's just obvious to anybody who watches it obviously you listen to what the Russians talk about it's just forcing the Ukraine to accept losses like allow themselves to be salami sliced on behalf of you know so that the Irish can I don't know like these two particular ones can go back to pretending that the USSR still exists as a, a preeminent socialist force in the world and therefore it needs to be protected. It, that seems to be where those two are coming from. 
Yeah, and the troubling thing on both sides of the Atlantic, when when they talk about withdrawing support uh, for Ukraine, and I want everybody who who is listening or people who watch this maybe later on a podcast or on YouTube or whatever, Mm -hmm. this is really, really important that everybody understands what I'm about to say. If If we withdraw support for the Ukrainians, the Ukrainians will not stop fighting. They right. won't. Yeah, right. They, this is an existential. This is an existential thought uh, uh, fight for them. They will not stop fighting. And equally, if we withdraw support for Ukraine, we will have to stand at the sidelines and watch as, and this is not hyperbole, a genocide happens in Europe. I want you. To, I want that to sink in because right. it's not hyperbole. I know the Russians. Yeah. They will come in here. There will be punitive. Mass murder events, they will round up anybody and everybody and run them through a kangaroo court, and then they will massacre them. We are literally, potentially, if we, one day, one day the next, which I fully do not believe will happen, but I want to I wanna just emphasize this so everybody understands it. If we don't support the Ukrainians, there will, the, the Russians have no uh, again, look at their uh, look at their lack of uh, of, of value on human life. Yeah. This will be hundreds of thousands of people, literally potentially millions. This is a country of forty million people. Uh, a, a full ten million have fled, but there still leaves thirty million people here. Mm-hmm. We're looking at hundreds of thousands of people rounded up and summarily killed, and that's not mm-hmm. hyperbole. I, I believe right. it a hundred percent that the Russians have it w- within their capacity. Are we really going to sit by and watch that happen? So we're, right. we better recognize we we have, we're either in this to the finish and a Ukrainian victory, a negotiated victory. I mean, we can, we can talk about that, mm-hmm. but if we just up sticks and leave, um, yeah. it's going to be horrific. It will make Srebrenica in the Balkans look like nothing it'll be mm-hmm. a thousand times as bad it'll be one of the right. worst um events of mass murder in europe since the second world war and i believe that firmly we must not lose our nerve we cannot it's awful nobody likes war everybody wants this war to end especially those of us who are here in the midst mm-hmm. of this war but right we, you have to steal your resolve and stand up to the bully that is Russia. Otherwise, you're going to see a lot more dead. No, it's I, me, I believe me, that 100. percent Yes, and I and and tying in with that, if I may, uh, Philip. By the way, follow Philip Bittner on Twitter while it still exists, and any other social media site that he's on. We're all going to have to set up link trees, like in the next day, to just figure out where everybody can bounce around to. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. But in the meantime, uh, and at Johnny Million uh, as well. The, yeah, and I'm gonna. I think I might try to stream the uh, the convoy show tonight on my Twitch channel. What? And Flora yeah, might even, even be Flora on the Twitch excited. channel. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me and let me put this in it. You know, as clearly as I can for the the people in the cheap seats, the Marges and the Boberts and that crowd and the Doors and all those folks. There, um, the State Duma of the Russian Federation introduced a law called, and I quote, on the children of the Northeastern Military District. And it is a bill set to streamline the abduction, the kidnapping, um, and the forced assimilation, basically creating 
Russian breeding farms with the children of Ukrainians, basically, that they, they, they will take these kids, uh, adopt them into Russian families, grow them up there and then make more Russians, essentially, ethnically, because they're so close and they don't care. They'll raise them as Russians. And 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 the this is what's right because of the nature of the Russian language and all that the law is called the law on children of the NWO. And with all these people who are like the New World Order, they are always talking about the New World Order, the New World Order. And and Putin even brings up the New World Order all the time because he believes the New World Order is him and China working together to, I guess, bounce the rest of the world and keep us from advancing and having space travel and and 3D printed food. That's the one thing he wants to But Let's go back to just burning rocks to stay warm and eating bison, you know, uh, before we even it's even killed. Um the, the fact that they call it the law on children of the NWO is like the tone deaf nature of the right wing and the hyper left that have bought into Putin's BS. And this includes Roger Waters and and others who are like, you know, we just got to stop this. Why? Because Russia's losing. That's why um, <laughs> they're blind. Or just spot. war's bad. Yeah, war's right. bad. And, and we hate it. And, and that's a that's a human emotion. I understand the empathy of that. But you got to stand up to a bully. I mean, did you even talking about the children? Did you see yeah. the video that was broadcast in nationwide in Russia of a woman right. purporting to be a member of a humanitarian child aid group sitting across from Putin and saying, oh, thank you so much for starting the special military operation because I have just adopted a 15-year-old boy from Ukraine, from Mariupol, and I am now going to re- I'm going to re-teach him how to be Russian and not, you know, not, yeah. you know, believe it's, in uh, transgender rights and all this kind of, like, stuff that... Yeah, yeah. and they broadcast that. They right. openly said, we are stealing children from Ukraine. I mean, this is the enemy that we're facing, and, and to show them any kind... and to... You know, capitulate in the face of that, as horrific as war is, uh, you can't you can't give in to bullies. Or they'll just keep doing it. So, mm-hmm. well, um, no, door yeah. and no. Roger Waters breaks my heart because I'm a big Pink Floyd yeah. fan. But yeah, that really bummed me know, out. The too. Rest, all the people yeah. who will. Yeah, all the people who would just say stop the war no matter what, don't recognize how horrific the Russians have well, been again, behaving here and is, will continue uh, to behave. The argument is is that uh, I, their argument is I'm I'm anti-rape because I want the person being sexually assaulted to stop fighting and just let it happen because once you stop fighting it's no longer rape. That's the that's the mentality of these people. I don't know how much I know it's a disgusting analogy but it is absolutely in line with the level of 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 logic and thought being put into this. It is horrifyingly uh, grotesque, naive, and self-indulgent. And the the idea that um, – yeah. well, the other thing too, and we'll, we'll talk about this because we're, we're coming up on the middle break. Um, this, it, I, I want to actually check in with you too, Philip, after the next break if we could about kind of life right there now because I, I know there was a cruise missile warning there 
last night, yesterday, this morning, depending on the timing. Sorry about Overnight. The, the time difference in it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that after this break. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the Alice Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Don't forget, follow Philip, and uh, you can watch his uh, vlogs as well. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back. So, um, Philip, we were talking during the break that, uh, like, the Telegraph ran an article saying that um, that Anthony Blinken uh, warned Ukraine against re- retaking Crimea. When in reality, what he said is, "We're not actively pushing them to do anything. If they want to take Crimea, that's on them. We do have concerns about." what the shift would be back from Russia, which is logical. And you would, that's what strategy and tactical consideration is in every battle. Like what happens if we do this? What happens if we don't that, you know, again, giving it, giving that land back up also would allow uh, Russia to, you know, re reinforce its uh, mil it's, it's, it's Navy around that area as well over the next couple of years and try again, maybe eventually take Odessa and then make a path to Moldova. So they're thinking about all these things and you get a slice of it in the news because they'll ask them one question in a, in an ocean of possibilities. Um, how, uh, how is it there right now um, in the people that you're talking to, you know, that, you know, we may or may not be hearing a, that, that kind of take a, as far as, where things are going, where they aren't going, uh, you know, because there's so much going on. Yeah, there is. And there's two things to draw from that Telegraph headline, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to what Blinken said, because about a week ago, there was a New York Times article where they said um, they indicated that the United States was telling Ukrainians where to fire the HIMARS and um, and the MLRS, the multiple ro- launch rocket right. system. It's not true. What they what the Americans do is they say they have satellite imagery and then they go to the Ukrainians and say, hey, if you look at this, you might see something you might want to shoot at. We're not telling you to shoot at anything. We're not even going to tell you what's there. But if you look there, you might see something. And then the Ukrainians go and they look at. And then earlier in the war, there was the the argument that the United States was revealing this, the, the location of Russian generals. It turned out that wasn't true either. They were passing along information saying, we're not telling you to shoot this general, but, you know, right. we have indication that his staff might be here. Or, yeah, giving you know, intelligence support to the, a country the, the versus the Americans have gone uh, out of their way. Do something is wholly different. Right. That's right. The, the Americans have gone out of their way while assisting as far as they can without tipping over and say and and basically are supporting Ukraine with intelligence and, of course, with weaponry and all that kind of stuff. But they don't want to be seen as active participants in this war because because then it does reinforce Putin's idea that this is a war against NATO. Mm -hmm. And it also would open up uh, NATO to attack. Uh, I mean, if Russia really wanted to go nuts, they could they could attack a base in Estonia or something. And then Article five and then we're off to the races. So the Americans are trying very hard not to become active participants in this. So they can advise about Crimea, but all along they've said, we're going to leave that up to the Ukrainians. Now, the Ukrainians, and I myself, my personal opinion is 
Crimea is a very dangerous thing to go for because mm-hmm. the Russians do 100% believe that the referendum was legit uh, back mm-hmm. in 2014 and that, uh, that Crimea is their land. It's their land. Um, it's not, it's not true. The referendum was conducted at the end of a, a bayonet. Um, mm-hmm. so I would, I would contest its legitimacy, but I can't dispute that there are an awful lot of Russians who do have homes that there's awful lot of ethnic Russians, but then there's a lot of ethnic Ukrainians and there's a Tatar population, which has historically been abused by the Russians. So there are right. a lot of people, if the, if another referendum was held in Crimea, a free and fair referendum, I don't know where it would come down, but strategically, uh, and, and for Ukraine's future, I can see the position that they've taken that unless we take Crimea, the Russians will never stop coming for it. And, and it'll just, it'll go on and on and on. We need to, we need to be back to 91, the, 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 the dissolution of the Soviet Union, those borders, which were, which were agreed upon by all parties. Uh, mm-hmm. Throughout the 90s, there were a series of meetings where they're like, these are the borders, right? And everybody said, yes, those are the borders, including yep. Moscow, including Yeltsin's right. Moscow. Um, and it's and, and, you know, it's uh, it needs to be there. And also, if you look at the map, um, if the Russians were to control Crimea, they would have several approaches on Ukraine. And mm-hmm. um, it's. Yeah, you know, on, on they could they could go along the coastline to Odessa. They could strike across um, uh, the the e- more easily traversed parts of the of uh, the Dnieper River. Right. I'm I'm scared, frankly, about Crimea. It well, mm-hmm. scared too. It makes me nervous. Makes me jittery. Yeah. Because that's a heck of a fight. But, but I've come round to the way of the Ukrainians thinking that um, it, until until they control Crimea. They're not the this the the issue will not be resolved. So, well, uh, the recent I, count, I uh, just it, you know, the uh, and, and and kind of in reference to that. Remember November or, or like second week of November was you know around the you know the bridge being hit and that kind of uh, stuff going on that there was a huge mass exodus of Russians from Crimea. That after a couple of the bombings that got hit, yeah. a lot of people turned tail and split. So a lot of the Russians that had been settled there started heading for the hills for fear. And as the news of the reach of the HIMARS increased, as they moved, as the Ukrainians moved into, you know, Kherson and getting closer to it, that became a factor in how long these folks were going to, were going to stay in the area. And there's about, uh, I guess, half a million Russians uh, in, uh, in Ukraine or in Crimea at any given time. And that number has dropped as by half, if not by three quarters, in the last six months. So while the, it, while while I do agree that it, like if there was an issue where Ukraine was trying to quote occupy Crimea again against a resurgent uh, interior force of Russians who believed Crimea was theirs, it would be just as ugly as the street to street fighting that. The Russians, uh, you know, were, were thinking would be no big deal once they took the rest of the country back at the beginning of this craziness. Uh, however, it seems to be that a bunch of these people are pounding sand and beating feet. 
And uh, ultimately, we may get to a point where the vast majority of the people left behind in Crimea are the Tatars, like you're talking about, and ethnic Ukrainians who side with Ukraine, or people who were Russian who side with Ukraine, who are not moving, who are eventually going to wait till the cavalry comes to, you know, to join the other side or to kick in with them and, you know, just wait till they're out from under the thumb. Because Putin was saying in November that everything like Crimea is totally safe and fine and all that. And the people just weren't buying it. They were they were hightailing it out of there. Yeah, I mean, the, the Russian population of Crimea is a little bit tricky because a whole chunk of them, a large percentage of them, uh, live most of the year in other parts in Russia proper, in the Russian Federation, primarily in the in the more wealthy urban centers like St. Petersburg and um, and and Moscow, but also Rostov-on-Don or maybe a Katerinburg. Um, and they have their what are called their dachas, basically their summer cottages, uh, mm-hmm. because. Right. In a lot of ways, in a, there was a whole period in the Soviet Union and. You could argue even before where Crimea and the Black Sea were this kind of like almost like uh, Florida kind of environment. You know, you might have your you might have or, you know, somewhere trying to think of of an analogy in the United States. But maybe before the, the Cuban Revolution, you know, how kind of Americans would vacation in Cuba. Anyhow, the Russians have. Summer homes there. They don't have year-round homes there. Many of them do, right. a large percentage. Right. There's also a large percentage that are Russian Crimeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the guys who had their summer homes there were like, when the bombs started dropping, they were like, oh, the heck with this. We're out of here. Um, so that happened. I, do, I have no doubt that maybe some of them who were legitimate, you know, year-round living on Crimea also may have uh, bugged out. Um, but what concerns me about this population, aside from the fact that, yes, a lot of them – have left and oh they've lost their summer homes boo hoo <laughs> I could live with that. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is the ethnic Russians who do live on the Crimean Peninsula and and make it their that's their home year round. Mm-hmm. Um, will it's not a good look to be an occupier if you're if, right. if Ukraine has to turn around and occupy forcibly occupy parts of Crimea the Crimean Peninsula that's not mm-hmm. good. Uh, right. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm uncomfortable with that. Sure. But sure. if we can get a third party moderator to maybe mm-hmm. hold a proper referendum where neither right. the Ukrainians or the Russians can put their thumb on the scale by their military presence, right? <clears throat> maybe we can get a clearer idea of really what the what the people believe in Crimea. I would I would posit a guess that they would be more inclined to to go towards Ukraine. Um, because it's in many ways a better a better way of living, and you, there's a middle class, and right, you know, all sorts of other reasons. But hope we won't we won't know. And if the Ukrainians march in there, and then have a referendum with Ukrainian troops on the ground, yeah, no, then the yeah. Russians are going to say it was disputed. I mean, it's just it's a Crimea is a real real just uh, yeah. can of worms. And uh, right. and I'm concerned so, um, about it, but I again uh, I've been convinced by Ukrainians. I, I think I lean towards it needs to return to uh, Kiev's control. Um, uh, on a um, yeah, I, th- I I do think it will be a um, it'll. The question becomes: Will will 
Ukraine, if Ukraine hits largely the military aspects of Crimea and effectively neutralizes it as a military outpost, um, you know, uh, yes. which I guess you don't want to destroy your docks or anything. But the idea being that's like we have no intention of this place being a military space for us. It's supposed to be a part of the country. And that's how we're going to do it. And anybody who's on the streets is not soldiers necessarily, but regular police force. And it's simply back to being under Ukraine. And they're like, and Russian nationals who consider this their home, hey, apply for a visa. As long as you didn't fight against this and you want to be a welcomed member of the society, knock yourself out. But if you're here to, be, to subvert the government and subvert the people living here, then <coughs> out you go, which is reasonable. And it's, and it's going to yeah. be... There's no clean way of, of doing a lot of it because it's been so messy for so long. Um, right. On uh, on our way into the next break, I, I, do you know about and uh, like about this uh, Marina Yankina, this woman who fell out of a window? The um, yes, uh, the, 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 she took care of money for the Ministry of Defense, and she um, she slipped and fell out of a twelve story building, like so many other Russian yes. you know officials have. It's like Pavel Antov, gotta like stay Rebel away from those slippery Maganoff, surfaces. When, uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, you know, and and dozens of others. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she. Uh, it's interesting to me. Can you imagine if the main accountant for the DOD during uh, you know the beginning of the Iraq War or the Operation Iraqi Freedom or something suddenly just Drowned died in her under mysterious? Yeah. Yeah, was yeah, exactly. Was found drowned in her bathtub or hung in her garage or something like that, like the DC madam. Um we would be turning our government would be turned upside down trying to figure that out. It would be news all over the place. In Russia, it's like the weather, it seems like, with these folks falling yeah. out of windows. Yeah. yeah. I don't get yeah, it. Don't ask any questions. Break. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, is right. Don't ask any questions. Yes, is uh uh, the less you know, the better off you are. It's the only Russian I know. Chimenchus nice to blue I know I say it wrong, but who cares? Uh, it's not like I'm ever going to use it in conversation. We'll be back right after this uh, with Philip Etner at Philip Etner one L two T's on on uh, uh, Twitter and Johnny Million, and I'll be back right after this too. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny, I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy, because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do, and isn't it nice that the sky is so blue, and isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as rough as the world is, uh, I want to say that um, Chud, my cat, who went to the emergency room Yay. and was Oof. near death, is... Uh, made it through the night and got oxygen and IVs. She's got both of her wrists shaved where they had an IV in both sides. They had to, they had to rotate them. She was in an oxygen tent for a little while because she couldn't breathe. Is uh, eating and sleeping normally. And that's, I mean, she's a total Garfield. So if she doesn't move at all, that's very normal for her. Um, her, her I think she's cold. She's sitting with her paws under Aww. her body. 
because her skin's exposed and she's chilly. Um, and she's definitely aggravated, although she always looks at me like that. She's got she's got she got python eyes. You know, some cats have yeah, yeah. more round eyes than others. Hers are python eyes. She looks like uh, she looks. Mm-hmm. She has the same Does eyes. RB up for cats. Yes, J- James Earl Jones's giant, uh, you know, python that he turns into in Conan. She's got that and half lidded all the time. Like I blame you. Wow. But she's, but, uh, but that said, she's adorable. <coughs> but she's going to be okay. We hope. Yeah, we hope. We're we we will know Fingers if crossed. there's a chance she has pneumonia and it'll take a couple of days to show up if she aspirated any of the stuff that she went through because it was bad. It was. Oh, uh, John Doe just uh, contributed yeah. to Chud's bill. Oh, Thank thanks. you, John Doe. Thanks, guys. Um, well, so, um, we'll hope for uh, the best. Yes. And by the way, we just hit 48 K on, uh, on YouTube as subscribers. We're, we're getting too close so to that 50. Come on, come on. Let's hit 50. Okay. And help Philip get there too. It doesn't, it doesn't cost you anything to subscribe on YouTube channel. So go, go throw him some love over there too. help boost that stuff up. <laughs> now, um, that I will say. With some, you know, obviously caveats in there that Olaf Schultz being reported as saying uh, that he urges Western allies to deliver tanks to Ukraine. And I quote now um, it, that is a good thing. However, however, foot, foot draggy he was. That's excellent. That's, yep, I'll that, take it. It's a, yep, exactly. We'll we'll take that as good news. And and like, um. And then later, uh, this is how he goes. This means that everyone who can supply such battle tanks should actually do so now. Um, warning, adding he would be intensely campaigning for allies to move on the issue. Um, and he goes, for me, this is an example of the kind of leadership people can expect from Germany. That's a little hilarious. But ultimately, yeah, uh, yeah uh, look, l- look, if you've once you've once you've come over to our to the right side, uh, we're cool. We're cool. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll hash this out later. But right now we're in the middle of it, and if you're could have done it, it two months ago, but okay, right? It's like the guy in the zombie movie who cries and screams and won't do anything, and then at one point he just picks up a hammer and nail and starts at least boarding up the windows so they can't get in. You're like, all right, we'll we'll talk about what a jerk you are later. But right now he's actually doing something, so okay. Um, so uh, that's uh, that. Those are my my happy ending parts. You know, the, mm-hmm. the count your blessings moments. But the anniversary of the war is coming up. It's this weekend. It's next next Saturday. Next um, uh, no, next ne- uh, Friday, I believe it is. Friday, twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fourth of February. Yep, next Friday. Right. <laughs> and um, there's a. I, I will say uh, it's it's supposed to be a, a happy ending. And uh, and and I'm going to stick with a happy ending because no matter what they throw at us, we're going to be fine. We're going to mm-hmm. be fine. So, um, uh, uh, yes, mm-hmm. the the anniversary is in, on Friday. Uh, there's a, a mood in the city uh, here in Kiev, and even when I was on Lviv, um, kind of anticipating even further out from the anniversary, they're going to hit us. They're they're going to yeah. hit us, and they're going to hit us hard. It's going to be something they like to do things on an anniversary, right? Um, so we anticipate there's there's talk of of maybe aircraft being involved coming out of Belarus. Um, mm-hmm. I do not think there'll be any kind of land troops coming out of Belarus, but there's definitely going to be a very serious attack on or around the one year anniversary because that's how Russia that's how Russia rolls. 
Right. So we're anticipating that. A lot of people are restocking uh, food supplies. Their their you know uh, water reserves are being you know conserved, and it's it's like it was when we were going into the winter campaign of the air attack on the infrastructure. We didn't know how that was going to happen, so people just erred on the side of caution and and over prepared. And there's that feeling again in Kiev. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've again I still have my windows kind of all X'd out with uh, gaffer wow. tape, uh, duct tape, uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, just in case of an explosion. Uh, mm-hmm. Where, you know, I suspect as we get closer and closer, I will probably sleep with my body armor a little closer to me and, you mm-hmm. know, might sleep in, in some clothing that I can just rush out of the apartment right. if it gets really bad. Um, but we are anticipating a major attack on the anniversary. Yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to the bigger picture, we're talking about Schultz saying, you know, get the tanks in now. Yes, get the tanks in now. But I do not see a way for Russia to uh, seize uh, the capital, which is ultimately what they'll need to do if they if they want to propose right. some sort of victory. They will not be able to do it before the tanks are here. That right. I believe that strongly. Um the the cities are fortresses, uh, and uh, they will make the Russians pay for every every mile, and uh, they won't be able to take Kiev before those those game changing uh, main battle tanks and the Bradley fighting vehicles are going to be online here. Right. Still, you know mm-hmm. how many you know every moment you delay is another moment where the Russians are slaughtering people. So right. you know. Get the tanks here as quickly as possible, and I think and I think they're in the midst of doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm I think the Bradley fighting vehicles are going to be a game changer as well, mm-hmm. uh, because the the Russian uh, the, I'm sorry the Ukrainians will be able to combine all of these different uh, elements of an offensive and uh, do what's co- called combined armor doctrine, something the Russians do not do. The Russians use artillery and then they throw bodies at the thing. Um, right. the, the, the Ukrainians are transitioning to a more NATO style of military doctrine, which is you have drones, you have artillery, you have um, infantry and infantry fighting vehicles that then can, can engage the enemy when the infantry is dismounted. And then, of course, you have main battle tanks. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think that there will be a, a war of maneuver now that the winter is ending and once the once the Russian offensive is spent yeah. and the Ukrainian counteroffensive starts, it's going to be a lot more maneuver, and I anticipate that they will be sweeping, uh, you know, armored kind of columns and, and maneuver to cut off uh, Russian, entire Russian battle groups. This thing's right. going to, this, this next war is going to be a different war than what we saw previously when the Ukrainians were kind of, on their back foot, defending themselves admirably, admirably, but they were on uh, on their back foot. So uh, let's get those tanks here as, as quickly as possible. Yep. Ultimately, Ukraine will win, uh, but question, it's just a question there was a of question, how. Yeah, I, there was a question also, and, and we got a, only a few minutes left, so I yeah. wanted to address what you brought up in there. And No, 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 it's good, because it kind of ties into what we're talking about, so it, it fluidly works. Um, uh, there was a report coming out that uh, Putin is intending on uh, this, according to the uh, Institute for the Study of War and uh, other like other sites are also affirming this, but that um, 
Lukashenko confirmed that Belarus has implemented uh, a, a system wherein Russia can usurp control of their military factories to produce weapons, artillery, tanks, and other yeah. stuff for the Russian military, which I think, quite frankly, they think is a, their way of stiff arming and you know helping Ru- Russia without actually getting involved. But I think it's going to get them more involved than they think because the if their bullets are made well there, maybe i mean their argument their argument is uh if you can bring in allies to supply with weapons then we can you know bring in uh sure. allies to supply with weapons and it kind of it's their anemic response to the international response to their invasion sure um i can't see the belarusian forces uh actively getting involved in ukrainian territory because right. uh again lukashenko is in a very precarious position. He, if he moves his troops, which he uses to suppress his own people who are increasingly upset with his leadership and have been for the last 20, you know, 30 years, increasingly in the last, you know, 10 years. I mean, there've been massive protests that are only put down by violence. If he uses those forces, which he uh, needs to suppress his own people and sends them here, well, then his own people are going to rise up against him. Uh, it's right. my firm conviction. Conviction. So, uh, Belarus. I'm not scared about Belarus. I. The only thing that concerns me about Belarus is that Belarus is going to let the Russians use their territory as a staging area. Um, as I said, maybe for airplanes, but also maybe for armor. And if their industrial power, as meager as it is, is uh, applied to resupply Russian, you know, that's the only way I see. I see uh, Belarus being a major factor in this. I'm, I'm not being 100% dismissive, but I don't see Belarusian uh, troops on Ukrainian soil. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's agreed, even the possibility of, a, uh, of defections within the Belarusian army if that's what happens. So we okay, shall see. Of all, but I'm the not last, overly concerned. Yeah. In the last couple of uh, minutes, uh, I just want to uh, convey that the chat has been, you know, as we've been talking about lots of different things and there's been plenty of stories to discuss today. They've just been expressing their uh, appreciation and concern for you and want you to be safe Definitely. as the, uh, this as this uh, as this week approaches. Um, and, uh, and, and I, and I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm curious and we will speak on Wednesday as well. Hopefully if you're mm-hmm. able to join me on my regular live on the morning live stream. And, um, and I very possibly this week, I might have Malcolm Nance on one of the other days and we'll, you know, sure. we'll, we'll talk back and forth about his experience with you as well. So he'll tell me stories about what you, what, what you do when you're out buying pickles and drinking stuff. And, um, um, but the but the most important thing is that you stay safe, and uh, we appreciate you, you know, uh, bringing context to this this war as it goes on because it's about genuine human needs for life and liberty and and safety and security, and is you know is a very strong contrast. It's something that we haven't had in a long time for people to look at and go, yeah, there's distinctly someone awful trying to do something distinctly awful to another group of people. And it's abundantly clear. Um, and there are people and for that, that reason. But, and yeah. for that reason, in many war, I'm not going anywhere. So thank That's you for right. your concern. Yeah. But I'm yeah, I made my decision. I'm a I'm a I'm a grown ass man. Uh, yep. I, I can make my decision and I'm not going right. anywhere. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Philip. Uh, thank you, Johnny Million. Thank you, Chicago. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. And remember, people, if you're ever confronted with a choice that you think is the lesser of two evils, choose less evil. See you next week. <laughs>